0: This is Kate Turkington on Travels with Kate. 101.9 Hi FM, I'm Kate Turkington and a very good afternoon to you. Lots to talk about today and remember... If you want to talk to me, if there's something you'd like me to discuss, if you want websites or information, you can find me at Kate at High dot co dot And remember that High is spelled C H A I High, and it's a Jewish word for love. Isn't that great? So Kate at High dot co Okay, now I want you to sit quietly, and I want you to use your imagination. I want you to think limitless horizons. I want you to think about the oldest desert in the world with skyscraper high sand dunes and surreal black moonlike rocky moonscapes. Think about one of the world's great game parks, teeming with wildlife. It's called Etosha, and Etosha in the local language means the great white place. Why? Because now, today, it's a huge flat salt pan, but once it was a very deep lake. Picture the mighty Chobe River, <laughs> where hippos always watch you with curious eyes. You know that noise hippos makes? One of my grandsons, who's a game ranger, says, Granny... They go under the water, hippos, and they tell each other jokes, and then they come up out of the water, go, hoo, 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 hoo. That's, that's a noise hippos make. OK, crocodiles doze on the banks of the Achobe River, hundreds of bird species. I mean, it's a bird watcher's paradise. Now let's change the scenery a bit and go down to the skeleton coast with ghosts of ancient shipwrecks lie. It's littered with shipwrecks. That's why it's called the Skeleton Coast. And those ships have been battered to death by the winds and the ocean. And then there are ghost towns, like Luderitz, where sand swirls through deserted buildings. You could make stranger things there. And, of course, Namibia, the country I'm talking about, so many films have been made there in the desert, Mad Max, oh, you name it, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Some of the scenery is absolutely awesome, awesome in the proper sense of the word. And then the tiny little town of Swakopmund, it's almost like a toy town, almost like a little Lego town, and it's perched On the edge of the continent, perched on the edge of the African continent, between the desert, that huge desert, the outskirts of the town, the sand is always blowing in from the desert. And the other side of the town, one side you've got the desert, the other side you've got the mighty Atlantic. So there you are. That's Namibia. It's on our doorstep. It really is still affordable to go there. You can actually drive from Cape Town. Best, though, to fly to Vintalk and pick up a a rental vehicle. And one of the most interesting things, and as you know, I travel... This last year, I've been in about four or five African countries. I'm traveling Africa for some of the work I I do. The thing about Namibia, it has an excellent first world structure. It's probably got one of the best infrastructures in Africa. And the tourist facilities are absolutely some of the best in Africa. And the biggest bonus, it's only got two people per square kilometer. So, not many people. So when you're doing your tourist stuff, when you're visiting the beaches, when you're visiting the ghost towns, when you're visiting the desert, nine times out of 10, you're going to be on your own. This is Kate Turkington on Travels with Kate. 101.9. Hi, FM. I'm Kate Turkington, and we're talking this afternoon about Namibia, one of my favorite African countries and a country that is so dramatically different from almost any other country, certainly that I've been to in Africa. So let's go to Atosha first. Atosha. It's one of the biggest game reserves in the world. Do you know that? Greenland is bigger now but once upon a time it was actually the biggest game reserve in the world it's eight million hectares so that's a very very big uh big area and just to give you some idea that's actually four times bigger than Kruger National Park. And Kruger National Park is the size of a small country like Wales. So you're looking at a much, much bigger space. It's got the biggest salt pan in Africa. You can't help it with Namibia. You're always t- talking superlatives. The best they biggest, the first, the most beautiful, the whatever. You can't help the superlatives. But it's called Tosh, as I told you, the Great White Place because of its huge salt pan. And it's a great place to see game and birds. Why? Because There's very, very sparse vegetation, and the game has to rely on water holes. There's little or no surface water, maybe very, very rarely it rains, but other than the water holes, there's no surface water, so you can actually park your vehicle at a water hole, get out your podcast, get out your drinks, get out your knitting, get out whatever, and just wait for the passing show, because... It will come. You will see the big five. You will see birds. You will see all kinds of uh, things. And very often, if you watch the animal behaviour very carefully, like if you're at a waterhole and you watch, watch the giraffes, and you know how careful giraffes are before they spread those front legs and get down to drink, sometimes they'll see a predator approaching and they'll get all twitchy and they'll alarm and they'll alarm They uh, other animals, but watch the watch the animal behavior uh, wonderful camps in uh, Atosha uh, the government camps there is like something out of the French foreign legion was an old german uh, fort got great accommodation there um, and at halali in the middle of the park uh By the way, all the waterholes at the camps in Atosha are floodlit, so you can sit there all night. At the Great Okakuyu Waterhole, further, let me think, west, south, north, south, Southwest, just getting myself orientated, you can sit there all night. And I once, I once did see an old lady sitting there knitting all night, looking up as a couple of black rhino came, looking up as a lion came, looking up as uh, uh, leopards came. Then another wonderful park, and this is... Another of Africa's largest parks. This is bigger than Switzerland. Think about that. This park, the Namid Naukluft uh, Park. And that's the home not only of the desert elephants, but it's home to that amazing, miraculous plant called the Welwitschia, the world's oldest living plant. You can see plants that are a thousand years old. They've got sort of Big fleshy leaves that come out into the desert and creep along the land. And I was once there a few years ago, and sheltering under one of those fleshy leaves was a tiny newborn hare, a little hare. And I thought to myself, here you are, newborn. When this Woolwichia plant was born, it was when Columbus was discovering, navigating the world. They are so, so old, uh, those plants. So you've got the desert elephants, you've got golden moles, all kinds of strange creatures. And then the skeleton crost I told you about, where um, the shipwrecks. It's a very surreal uh, landscape. And you often see brown hyenas loping along the beach because they're after the baby seals who... Breathe there. And there's a cross marks the spot where the Portuguese navigator Captain Diego Chow and his exhausted crew first set foot in Africa in fourteen eighty five. I think I'm right in saying, if I remember right, the original cross is actually at Fitz here in Johannesburg. I think the one you see now uh, on the skeleton coast is uh, a replica. And then, of course, saucers one of the oldest, I think, again, the oldest desert in the world, the highest sand dunes. You can climb the highest one called Big Daddy. Don't attempt it unless you're very fit. You'll be stuck in the sand uh, halfway up. So much to see. And then, lastly, you can go up to what used to be called the Caprivi Strip. It's now called the Zambeji. Region, the Zambezi region, and four countries meet here. It's the only place in the entire world where four countries meet. It's called a quadri point, a quadri point. Four countries meeting in one spot there in the Zambezi uh, region. So you've got the Chobe River, you've got the Zambezi River, you've got wildlife, you've got birds. It's absolutely... Uh, gorgeous! I've been to Namibia. I've written a guidebook about Namibia, actually, many times. And let me tell you something: I'd go back in a heartbeat. And if you want to talk to me, if you want to know more about Namibia, you can email me at Kate at High FM. You can also have a look at my website, which is Turkington dot com. So please do. I've had some very nice emails from you already. So. Keep them coming in, and as I say, I'm very, very happy to give advice to, and I'd be very happy to have suggestions from you about what we should talk about. So, just a couple of last words about the Zambezi uh, region. Remember, I told you it's an international quadri uh, point, um, and it's like a mini Okavango Delta. It's full of sort of meandering waterways and rivers and forests and marshes and you've got elephants and buffalo and sable, uh, antelope. And if you have got time while you're in Namibia, fly up to Kasani. You have to fly to the Botswana side. Then they ferry you across the Chobe in a small uh, boat and there's a lovely, some lovely accommodation that side called Chobe water villas. Just won some huge, huge international award. And from the outside, you see these sort of fat chalets overlooking uh, the river, and you think, yeah, yeah, same old, same old. When you go inside, it is contemporary African stroke, German stroke, Scandinavian chic. Don't be put off by that. It's not Jewish. It's just beautifully beautifully done you've got chandeliers which are shaped like weavers' nests you've got curtains of pebbles, there are sort of Curtains made of pebbles, so it looks like there's uh, rain falling from the high ceiling. Very, very imaginative design. And then, of course, you've got your own chalet and you've got your own deck. And I remember I was there in March last, and I was sitting alone at night on my very big, comfortable deck. We'd been on a thrilling river cruise and i was listening to the hippos snorting and then there was this backing chorus of frogs oh, just just a magical magical place as i say more affordable than many other african destinations first world infrastructure very few people and landscapes like no other that's namibia this is Kate Turkington on Travels with Kate. 101.9 Hi FM, I'm Kate Turkington. And guess who we're talking to today? One of South Africa's best known impresarios. She is absolutely the star, the madam. I don't know how to describe you, uh, Daphne, <laughs> but but she is Mrs., Miss, Ms., whatever you like to call it, Theatre South Africa. She's an icon. Theatre on the Square in Santon. It's tiny, but let me tell you, it's powerful. And it's put out some of the most powerful productions. Ever, for I don't know how many years. That's what we're uh, going to Oscar. I say it's a tiny theatre, very intimate, 200-seater theatre. Daphne Kuhn, my guest, has won more awards, I think, than... Almost anybody, including the top South African Theatre Prize, which was the Naledi Theatre Award for Executive Director. And it was given to her for her outstanding contribution as an actress, artistic director arts manager, director, lecturer, producer, teacher, and theatre owner. (laughs) Oh my word, Daphne. Oh my word. But just... Oh, what a
1: glorious (laughs) intro, really. Thank you, Katie. Uh, um,
0: Now, before we talk some travel, I'd just like to know how your whole theatre journey started. How did it all begin? Was there a once upon a
1: time? Well, let me just... If you're a short background, I, I loved theatre as a child, I part took part in so many children's theatre productions and Shakespeare productions at school. My mother encouraged me all the way, and um, I studied drama at Pretoria University. I completed a master's degree, and uh, initially I I probably wanted to be an actress, but because of family and children, I decided to take the route of being a producer. I had various experiences as both actress, director producer, publicist, marketing manager for some of the bigger theatres. And then I started on my own in 1994 when people were bemoaning the demise of theatre in South Africa. And I was determined to start all over again in the suburbs, in Rosebank, and that's when the first... Theatre on the Square uh, began, and then in 1997 I had the opportunity, because of the support of the then Santon Square development mm-hmm. um, by Stocks and Stocks, to open my theatre in Santon on the new Santon Square, which is now of course the Nelson Mandela Square, and I opened our small, intimate, beautiful theatre for 200 people in 1997. Along the way, I've been I've managed to get the support of a number of big insurance companies that gave us some form of sponsorship to make it possible because you can imagine the costs of not just running the theatre, paying the rent, paying the resident uh, uh, staff members, technical and administrative and of course all the artists and the directors fees and artists fees and rights. Anyhow we started sadly in the last few years I've had absolutely no support from a sponsorship point of view oh, wow. and somehow for three years because of the pandemic and it's you know not perhaps a priority but I'm still seeking a sponsor that values the work that we do and of course it it, it energizes the community, uplifts and entertains but at the same time provides enormous work opportunities and generates this for our theatre industry. And, so that's and also basically the
0: range, I mean the range of productions you put on. I've been to everything from stand-up comedians to Tony Award winning plays to serious plays to Comedies, you've had some of the biggest names in South Africa. All the best names.
1: uh, As you say, all our best performers, serious theatre actors and directors, we've had visiting artists and actresses like Suzanne, uh, um, Susman, uh, what's her name, wonderful Sussman. actress, yes. Janet, yes. and um, so many others. And, of course, the objective of this theatre is to be a cultural hub, to draw people and to draw our tourists, because I think that's so important. we yes. here in the heart of Thangin. Um And it is certainly a hub on the Nelson Mandela Square because they are so many beautiful upmarket restaurants, beautiful shops,
0: and, it's and safe.
1: Um, coffee it's safe. bars and hotels. It's safe, it's accessible. And here we offer in our beautiful cultural safe space. Um, A variety of cultural fairs as you so rightly said we uh, we have a classical music program every friday at lunchtime it's been ongoing for decades we present jazz and comedy we're in the middle of a beautiful comedy festival with the goliaths and just had two Sold out seasons with both Jason Goliath and the adorable and brilliant Nick Necrobinivits. <laughs> but my heart, of course, is theatre because that's yes. what I studied, what I love, which I, you know, that is my passion. And this year, we've had really a bumper year to keep alive. We've been working day and night um, with serious plays such as the National Theatre play Hansard with oh, Fiona Ramsey was and Graham brilliant, Hopkins. Brilliant. Wasn't it? And another brilliant international play, The Beauty Queen of Linan. Do you know? I'm so sorry. i was so sorry. I was traveling. What a shame.
0: But the rave reviews. uh, You would have loved it, Kate. And also, Daphne, a lot of your award-winning plays have actually traveled to art festivals all over the world, haven't they? And to art festivals. Yes,
1: we certainly have. Um, a lot of them have started here, and I should mention, for example, there's a particular actor from Israel, and I, my travels take me obviously to yeah. theatre hubs like New York and mainly London, and of course Israel, Tel Aviv, and that yes. I was have been invited on several occasions to the Ezra Drama Expo, Expo exposure they call it, of israeli theater and i meet with producers such as myself and um festival directors from all over the world and we are exposed to the amazing work of the Israelis um, in all the different genre, genres of theatre. And, and, and I must special. tell you,
0: I, I'm, I'm, I have binge watched some fantastic Israeli TV series as well. like yes. uh, Fantastic, fantastic stuff. But tell me, and I know this is a bit of an unfair question because I know you love everything mm. you do, but do you have, yes. or have you had, or do you have, a favourite Production?
1: Gosh, that you right. That's <laughs> a difficult question. <laughs> that is a terribly difficult question because for me, my favourites are little cultural gems, uh, smaller plays yes. that really make an impact. And um, one of them was Hansard, funnily yes. enough, that I'm bringing yes. back in January and oh, it goes good. to Cape Town. One of it, um, one was. Um, that beautiful play with Annabel Linda which won her the now Lady Award oh, and us wonderful. the uh, the best play, wonderful play. You've yes, you've so really... I, No, I have. <laughs> <laughs> you've got me there. There's so many. I've got a. To... I documented during this pandemic period, the two and a half thousand plays and concerts that we've My done, you know, word. in the twenty nearly twenty-seven two, years, two
0: and a half and thousand plays. Just think plays about that. Plays and, and concerts,
1: and and, and I should that mention that is concerts.
0: fantastic. I'm going to ask you another very difficult question: Who are your best <laughs> audiences?
1: You know what is so exciting is that we try and reach different audiences on different levels and different cultural groups in order to develop our audiences for the future. And I've also worked with children and children's theater, and we do so many wonderful Mm. plays, but who are my best audiences? I love audiences that appreciate obviously entertainment, but come away from the theater with something to think about, to discuss and, um, We've had so many interesting plays that have actually brought and uplifted yes. um, so many people. The um, major
0: thing. So I, I like a think. more
1: intellectual audience, yes. you know, obviously. Yes. But then when it comes to the cultural groups, I can't tell you how much I enjoy um, our Jewish audiences in response to some of the plays that we've done. I have a whole Document on all the Jewish-themed plays or Israeli plays or those with Jewish artists. Um, just hundreds of wonderful plays like Bad Jews and, and also so many other Holocaust plays and it, Blonde it's Poison just, and just, so just many. Just to come
0: in here, it, it's rather yes. like the the um, subline of high FM itself. It's not only for Jews. Uh, Because, uh, I mean, uh, you have all those Jewish... But what I always love when I come to one of your plays I usually come with friends is how we will sit we're either laughing if it's been comedy or we're sitting yes. arguing, we're arguing about yes.
1: what we've just seen
0: which I think is, is wonderful, wonderful. because exactly. it's Exactly, we want
1: to stimulate exactly, like we did a beautiful play called Freud's Last Session directed by Alan Swerdlow. Oh he was course, a student um, of
0: mine at Fitz, I oh, taught really? Alan
1: Swerdlow oh, those years ago, Really, it was think, a very Good student, and
0: very naughty, very but very good.
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> a very good director, and um, so many plays. But then, at the moment, I've had Jason Goliath and the Goliath Touring Company of oh. comedians, and his play um, that we've just presented, together with the Comedy Festival that is currently on has drawn a very mixed audience and this is what I love, a and nice this is what integrated you want. audience. Yeah. This is what I'm looking for. The coloured community as well as the Black community and the white community. Oh, God, I don't want doesn't to even think who, in who. terms of. Doesn't colour, matter. Who. But it doesn't matter. I just enjoy the joy of listening to the laughter and the recognition yes. that comes out yes. of each performance.
0: Now, now so just, at the moment- just let's stop a moment and and talk to you a bit about travel because your career must have, ta- must have taken you to many places. Tell tell us well, you've already said. New York, London, yes, uh, Israel. Um, well, I, I think, again, perhaps the kept,
1: most stimulating yes. for me as a theatre producer and lover of the arts is, of course, London. Yes, um, and it is there that I've seen so many wonderful productions, yes. both musicals and, of course, serious theatre. Yeah. And it is there that I make it my mission when I get there to go to the, What well, it's now all online, to the yes. Samuel French bookshop. Yes. And that's where I pick up new plays and find new and, and negotiate rights. So London, to me, is the home of theatre, and I love it so much. I've been to Greece, which, of course, oh, was very stimulating, was because oh, in the course of my studies, I, oh, isn't it definitely to Definitely, I want see?
0: to watch. Uh, I went on a school trip with two of my daughters. They had a school trip to Greece, and I tagged along. I promised I wouldn't get in the way or whatever. I actually went with a friend, and we went and saw... Uh, I can't remember which of the Greek tragedies in one of those glorious amphitheatres overlooking the sea. I did not understand a word, but you know what? (laughs) So much was mime, so much is body language that we actually, and I think we had a vague idea of the plot before we went, but it was just the most immersive, wonderful experience. It's like going imagine. to those puppet shows in Vietnam or, or the shows in the theatre shows in Kerala in India. You That's haven't right. got in any India. notion of what's going notion. on, but you, but you love it and you enjoy of,
1: it. Exactly. And you react as one, as part of the audience, that that wonderful yes. interaction that makes yes. live theatre so important. Yes. So yes. when I was a, a newly qualified, I worked with Toby Kushlik in oh. Not famous work. actress from Greece uh, called Aleka Katseli and we toured this country with her presentations of all the plays of um, Sophocles, Euripides, and Aeschylus, yes. oh. and it was so exciting. You can imagine because it brought back all the all what I what I'd studied at university. So Greece is really what I love in terms of theatre. London, of course, is the heart of it all, and uh, and of course New York is you know much the same yes. from that point of view. But my um, heart is often in Tel Aviv and in Jerusalem, where they do such marvelous, um, varied exciting yes. new productions at so many theatres, such as the Habima Theatre, the Kameri Theatre, the Geshe Russian Theatre, the Arab-Israeli no. Theatre, the Yiddish Theatre, it is just so
0: just for a moment, go back to Toby Cushley. He's still he the is. best pantomime dame that South Africa has ever had. <laughs> he is. Oh, and I tell you, who made a very good Michael Richardson made a wonderful Michael Richards made a Richards. Yes. yes, Richard, made a wonderful, good, you know, that was in the days when we took the kids to the pantomimes, and they were proper pantomimes in those days. By the way, Janice Honeyman was another student of mine
1: at Wits. Oh, um, Oh, she's absolutely oh, wonderful, so Katie, for wonderful. her pantomimes, but of course for her serious plays as well. In fact, she directed... Um, a play for us this year at all costs. I
0: didn't um, see that. Uh,
1: oh, yes that, was, uh, yes, that was about Delville Wood um, with oh, Peter. Oh, my goodness. And yes. uh, it was absolutely wonderful. But and, there's, and there's two lovely pantomimes me. on in town. There's yeah. Sinbad the Sailor at the Teatro also, which is absolutely <laughs> splendid. I took my grandchildren there, and we absolutely loved oh, it. Oh, I must do that.
0: Um, and now what have you got on for Christmas, Daphne, Theatre on What the I've Square? got on...
1: Right now, we've got the Goliath Comedy Tour. Every night, there are four different comedians. Nicholas Goliath, Jason Goliath, um, Donovan Goliath. There's Gilly Apter. There's um, Tabiso. Um, there's, and, and we I'm just need to be all the shared names. We need to and be and Robbie Collins and uh, you know absolutely a and one, you know and, and, what definitely uh, South, Koch, South um, Africans Koch.
0: South Africans have the best best they're they're like they're like very few other nations they can actually laugh at themselves you can we yes, can laugh, and we agree. have to
1: don't we we have we to. have to <laughs> we look at ourselves we laugh at ourselves yeah. This brings us all together and that's what yeah. I you know excites me about the theatre it brings everybody together it it is so diverse and I try and present works that are diverse in order for us to grow and develop and understand each other and work together towards uniting ourselves in this fascinating country that we live in but then um, after this comedy uh, season um, in about 10 days time in addition to having um, lots of showcases and work with all the uh, music schools. I worked very closely with uh, stage works and safata. We've done work with the Jewish schools, um, with Yeshiva College, and various other schools, and the Fame Academy with Vicky Friedman. Yes. Um, that we will take up uh, in ten days' time a week of our theatre time, presenting all the. The, the the drama school um, and musical theatre school presentations. And then our little show for Christmas is um, an ABBA show. It's called Absolutely Fabulous. Just something <laughs> light and fun um, for those that love the work of ABBA. And then the songs, of course, those wonderful songs. Um, and then we open in the new year with a return se- season of Hansard oh, with Fiona well, Ramsey. Super. And with Graham Copkins, they're such superb actors together with Michael Richard, yes. director, um, who, who I've worked with in um, so many other shows. And that, that particular show is directed by Robert Whitehead, also oh, a, an icon. And
0: yes. then we have
1: the Jo'burg Film Festival in January, yes. February, yes. early February. Then we do a, a tribute to Disney and the, a tribute to The Lion King with the most exciting pianist who's been all over the world, Dupree Strauss. A new South African play is being created called Home Affairs by Michelle Douglas starring Lawrence Joffe and Celo ramos and um, then another new play, the authentic way to fake
0: okay, it. Daphne, and then I going, must no, mention, no, oh, well, quickly, last mention, because well, we've run one. out of time
1: there. Last mention. Oh, I'm sure. We're doing a set work that beautiful play by John Carney, Nothing But the Truth, directed oh. by Charmaine Wearsmith, but with the icon iconic actor, Celo Marka Ka'unkuba, oh, who everybody words.
0: knows. Okay. So oh, there well, is a lot me. on the cards. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lovely oh, talking to Oh, what a pleasure. You, and I'll see you in the theatre.
1: Look forward to having you back. Dear Kate, thank you. This is Kate
0: Turkington on Travels with Kate. 101.9 High FM. I'm Kate Turkington. And in this last part of the program, we always talk about books. Books that you can armchair travel with, books that you can take on planes, on trains, on I'm going on a jet plane, uh, whatever. And today I'm going to be talking about crime fiction. I I have to admit, I have to fess up to you, I'm a crime fiction junkie. I think I read my first Agatha Christie when I was about 12 years old and I've never ever looked Back uh, since, and those of you who've read, and you can't beat Agatha Christie, really. You remember Hercule Poirot and his little grey cells. So many films have now been made. I think, uh, so I think Kenneth Branagh was the last one, the British actor. Sir Kenneth Branagh was the last actor to play Hercule Poirot. It seems all actors. Uh, want to play him but I'm going to give you the names of some of my favorite authors and these aren't murder and blood and you know I, I they're good reading they're well written they're not chick lit they're not they're not badly written or cobbled together with a question mark at the end of every chapter this is good stuff Uh, I'm suggesting to you. And one of my favourites is an English writer called Ellie Griffiths. It's actually not her real name. It is a pen name. But she writes a series. She's actually written 13 books in the series about a Dr. Ruth Galloway. And Ruth Galloway who's a little bit overweight and thinks she's not really very good-looking and has a bit of a self-esteem problem. But she's an archaeologist, and the books are set in the marshlands of Norfolk. Why Norfolk? And in in the books, Ruth is actually the North Norfolk's resident forensic archaeologist. And she describes how she first came to be writing about Uh, those marshlands, and her first book, and when you read the books, not if, because she'll love them, I promise you, the first one, read them in order, is called The Crossing Places. The Crossing Places by Ellie Griffiths. And she described how this book came to be. She said, my husband and I were on holiday walking across Titchwell Marsh, which is over there east of uh, England, when Andy... Her husband, and Andy, her husband, is an actual archaeologist. Andy mentioned that prehistoric man had thought that marshland was sacred. Why? Because it's neither land nor sea, but it's something in between. And the prehistoric people saw it as a kind of bridge to the afterlife. It was neither land nor sea or neither life nor And she said, as they were walking together, the entire plot came into her mind. And she said, walking towards her through the mist was that character, Dr. Ruth Galloway. Well, as I say, there's now 13 in the series, the last one about. When Dr. Ruth Galloway, like many of us, was shut away in the pandemic, I promise you, you'll love them. She has a partner in crime called Detective Harry Nelson, and they share not only work, but a very, very complicated personal relationship. The thing is, these are real people. They're not some pasteboard characters that have all muscle and daring do or, or, or ditchy blondes or whatever. These are real, real uh, people. So they're published by Jonathan Ball. You can find them online. You can find them in any good bookshop. And I read them actually on Kindle. I mean, look, Kindle isn't the same as having a real book in your hand. But if you travel a lot, which I do, I can't cart around a whole load of books. So I rely on my Kindle. The problem is, and I get my credit card uh, account at the end of the month, and I bought about six uh, six books on it. Another author, and I'm sure uh, many of you know him, is Henning Mankell or was Henning Mankell because he died a few years ago. He's a Swedish uh, crime writer. I think he almost single-handedly established scandi the Scandinavian noir uh, genre, like the girl with the uh, uh, dragon tattoo. Interestingly enough, um, Henning Mankell ran a theatre in Mozambique for many, many years, and divided his time between Mozambique and Sweden. And of course, his hero, anti-hero, is Inspector Kurt Wallander. And there's been a couple of two or three Wallander series on TV, again played by um, Kenneth Branagh. There's also a series on Netflix at the moment called Young uh, Wallander. But Again, real people, the hero, -hero. anti-hero, is a bit morose. I mean, he's wrapped in Scandinavian gloom a lot of the time. But he's a real person with real problems, solving not, you know, crimes where there's blood and gore all over the place, but believable crimes too. And just to tell you how good those books are, they've been translated, there are 11 of them, they've been translated into 45 languages, and they've sold more than, wait for it, 40 million copies worldwide. That's how good Henning Mankel's uh, books are. Published by penguin again you can find them in bookstores and also if you know of a good second-hand bookstore you know like hospice I know in Hartman in Johannesburg has books some of the schools in the swap shops they have books or the markets the Christmas markets which are flourishing all over the place now you often find bookstores and you'll get these titles very often for for a song and of course, just keeping on, Scandi Noir, Joe Nesbo, the the snowman, and his books, Joe Nesbo. Coming back to the UK, you've got Ian Rankin, multi award winning um, author. I, I don't know how many honorary doctorates he's got from very prestigious universities, but he's known for his Inspector Rebus novels. And again. Rebus is a television uh, series. Well, there's so many I, I could go through. There's Elizabeth George who writes again. That's a television series. I think it's called Linley. Uh, she writes about Viscount Hello, Viscount Linley, and his very working-class detective sergeant Barbara. Again, real people. And when you finish the one, you can't actually wait to read the next one to see what the character's doing. It's not only about the crimes they solve, but it's how they progress and bloom and flourish and grow as people during a sequence of uh, novels. And another one, Anne Cleves. Amazing how many women write crime novels. There's a PhD for somebody. Anne Cleves, C L E V E S, and she has written the Shetland series, um, again a TV uh, series played by Douglas Henshaw, lovely series set in the uh, Shetland Isles. Very grim, gloomy place, the Shetland Isles. I have been there. Very beautiful. but. If you're if you're not into crime fiction, try some of these, and I suggest you start with um, Ellie Griffiths and the Doctor Ruth Galloway um, books, and go on to others. I, I, I'll find out for you. I'm sure we've got a good website at IFM, and I'll put some of these authors and titles up for you, or you can just email me at Kate at High dot co dot well that's all for today we'll have lots more next week so i'll see you then so travel safely and be well